Well, Jim, today we're going to answer the age-old question. What? Wait, which age-old question? Why does sugar dissolve better in hot tea than cold tea? Mmm, okay. I feel like you might know the answer already, but we're also going to talk about why stirring helps dissolve things. Okay, okay. And we're also just going to talk about why things dissolve better in hot liquids in general, not just sugar. All things. All things, okay. So are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. To even talk about what dissolving is? Yes. All right. Let's dissolve into it. (laughs) I just thought of that. (laughs) Let's actually get into it. But is it a hot enough topic for us to dissolve into it Ah! easily? (laughs) That was so good. Okay. And go. Hey, I'm Melissa. I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life. The podcast helps you understand the chemistry of your everyday life. Okay, so I, this is a request from a listener and and real life friend, Kim Ed, Kim Ed person's spouse. Okay. Neil asked, so they were, they didn't ask about sugar, but I'm broadening it out. Asked about why things dissolve better in hot liquids and cold ones. And their example is actually like a fiber powder. You know, if you mm. mix fiber powder in, it goes a lot better into a hot liquid than a cold liquid. Okay. So that's what we're going to talk about. Okay. But also we stir while we, while we do things. So I also want to talk why we stir when we're trying to get things to dissolve. Right. Okay. You, and I thought you might know actually based on, I thought this might be like a tire episode incident where you might be able to think about everything that's happening at the molecular level and come up with a guess as to what's happening. Okay. But it also might be more complicated than you thought. So it's like a 50-50 shot. So I wanted to just pause for a minute and see, and the listeners at home, they can pause too, take a little pause break and think to yourself, do you know what's happening when something dissolves in water or other liquids? And why do you think the stirring and the heating might help? Mm, okay. Okay, I think I've got a guess. Okay. So but I remember I was talking about a couple of things. Dissolving, we've talked about several times. Mm-hmm. We also talked about a suspension before. Mm. And so just taking the example you said in the intro, like sugar into tea, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking it takes, the, the sugar we're putting in there needs to find its way to distribute itself all throughout. Right. Correct. And so that should mean that there needs to be a lot of things happening at the molecular level for that to happen. So mm-hmm. like you have a granule of sugar or whatever mm-hmm. for it to spread out throughout. Mm-hmm. My question, I guess, is one thing, is it going to be linking up with other stuff or is it just going to like distribute itself? Mm. Because we talk about reactions and things like that. We talked about heat increases the amount of, Energy, things moving around more freely. A hundred percent. Things can come apart. They can link back up other things. And so just heat is a way to make things happen faster. Mm-hmm. In many cases, I guess not every single case ever. Yeah. Maybe, but in many cases. And then that, to, in my mind, would think, would make me think that the stirring does the same thing almost. It's like, we're going to allow things to move around more and 
that will speed up things too. Just like, um, whenever we like, uh, when you have super cooled water, mm-hmm. but nothing is disturbing it at all, it stays liquid. But if you have something that changes it and creates a nucleation Ooh, side yeah. or gets things moving around, then things can happen more. So like the his temperature or something increases its ability to, to react and happen faster and more energy. Plus literally putting kinetic energy in by stirring. Yeah. Would do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So but that, what, I, what I don't have clarity on and I'm not really sure about is whether you putting sugar in tea just distributes the molecules throughout the thing mm-hmm. in an even way mm-hmm. or if something happens more than that. And that's where I bet that maybe dissolving might be more complicated than I think. It's not that much more complicated. Okay. I think that is a really good starting place. And you're like, oh, it's, it's like you didn't hit it out of the park, but you definitely like made a base or two. Oh, you don't like sports. Let me think. I was going to say anything, <laughs> somehow it's still an insult because it's a It's kind of like reference. the shoot for the moon. And even if you miss, you'll end up among the stars. <laughs> nice. There you go. You ended up among the stars. You didn't quite get to the moon, but you're really close. And I would say you have like a vague outline of concepts, but okay. you don't have it like crystal clear, you know? I don't think I do either. So, but you, that was a really, really good, like, I love that you're thinking about the molecular level and putting energy in. That's everything I want you to be thinking about. Okay. Cool. I also liked this because, so it applies to like, you know, if you have a hot tea or here in the South, we make iced tea a lot. And if you, um, if you've ever worked at a restaurant or if your family makes tea, it works best if you put the sugar in while it's still hot and Mm -hmm. then cool it down. Mm -hmm. Um, Iced coffee. A lot of times I will use like a, a, if you have it hot and then you let it cool down. If you put the cold, like the sugar in after it's ice, it gets all the like granules. They don't like really dissolve. So I'll use like a syrup so that it goes in better. Right. So there's a reason that, all of that happens. And, oh, and the other thing I was going to say was, um, even when you're baking, can because we're coming up on the holiday season, mm-hmm. we're recording a little bit ahead of time, but when this comes out, it'll be like Halloween has passed. We're moving into the like meatiness of the holiday season. Mm-hmm. If you're making meringues for pies or for like marrying cookies or whatever, a lot of times I'll have you heat up the egg whites to dissolve sugar into it or like for some different types of buttercream and you also whisk. So you heat Mm. and you whisk up egg whites to get sugar to dissolve in. So this concept has a lot of applications across everyday life. Okay. Hot coffee versus cold coffee, hot tea versus cold tea, heating up egg whites and stirring. It's all over the place. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I thought of an analogy that I felt like would explain what dissolving actually is most Clearly. Okay. Okay. So imagine I'm going to use Halloween colors because it's still Halloween. So I'm going to use purple and orange Okay. where we are in time. Right. We're getting ahead for the holiday season. So um, imagine that you have a group, a like very large group of people in purple shirts. Okay. And then you have a smaller group of people in orange shirts. Mm -hmm. So if you just plopped the orange group of people right down in the very middle of the purple group, Mm -hmm. you'd be able to see that orange really clearly. Right. Now, if you spread all the orange out and dispersed it, you know, around the crowd, it doesn't necessarily have to be evenly dispersed, but it's dispersed around the crowd. And for every single person in an orange shirt, you surrounded them 
by people in purple shirts. Mm -hmm. And those people in purple shirts are like, you know, doing the tunnel that like moms do after soccer. Put your <laughs> put your hands up so you'd like make the tunnel oh, with yeah. me. Yep. For the people on YouTube. Uh -huh. They do that thing, you know? Yes. But imagine yes. it's like a circle of people all doing that. Okay. You would not really be able to see the people in the orange shirts, right? Right. Okay. So that is similar to what happens when molecules like of sugar dissolve. So there's not a reaction that's happening per se, but the molecules do interact with each other. Right. I'm just going to take a little detour because um, whenever I say per se, I always think of Full House and Uncle Jesse <laughs> because that was the first time I'd ever heard it. Uh -huh. Anyway, that was just a little aside. I think I, I think I have the same memory. Really? Like, I can, can I, I think I can hear him say... That's so funny. Throw it back. Okay. Yeah. Back in it. Okay. <laughs> so now if you have sugar molecules, it's not a chemical reaction. The sugar molecules aren't breaking up. Just like the people in the orange shorts, they're not, you're not, you know, breaking up their bodies. They're still a whole person. Okay. So it's still a whole molecule, but instead of having a large group of sugar molecules together in one clump, uh -huh. you break up those molecules. Got it. And each individual sugar molecule would be solvated. So that means the thing you're dissolving it into, that's the solvent. Mm -hmm. It would, the molecules of that would surround the molecule of the sugar. So okay. say you're dissolving sugar in water or fiber powder in water or whatever it is. You have one molecule of that mm -hmm. and it will interact with water molecules, intermolecular forces, right. and the water molecules will react with it and each other. So they'll surround that thing. So instead of just having like several sugar molecules together, you have one sugar molecule surrounded on all sides by water molecules. Okay. And that means that thing is completely solvated. It's completely covered in the molecules of the solvent. Mm -hmm. And if you disperse that all throughout and you have all the sugar molecules are all completely covered by the water molecules, they're first of all going to be very small. We can't see things on a molecular level. So it looks like it's gone away. Mm. But second of all, it means that you know, it's even, it's all dispersed out in the liquid. Got it. Got it. So you still have an intact molecule. You still have a tiny molecule size of sugar, but it's just surrounded completely by the water. So just like if you think about the example with the purple shirts, the purple shirts are the water or the solvent, whatever uh -huh. you're dissolving into. And the orange shirt people are the things that are getting dissolved in. And the orange shirts are being completely covered by the purple shirts. So you can't even see that they're there anymore. Right, right. Does that okay. make sense? Makes total sense. Yes, I'm with you. And the way that the molecules are interacting with each other, the reason they're surrounding each other is intermolecular forces. There we go. Okay. So that's how the water is interacting with the thing in the middle. You know, the sugar and water are interacting. They have, um, they both have the ability to do the strongest intermolecular force, hydrogen bonding, which... If you want a lesson on intermolecular forces, go all the way back to Gecko episode. Oh, yeah. We've talked about that one a few times lately. Yes. And also, did we rebroadcast it? We have rebroadcasted it, but it say. wasn't like this week, this month. It was like probably earlier in the year. Right. Right. And also, we've done a lot of episodes on intermolecular forces, and that's why we have the shirt that says Return of the Intermolecular Forces. Or you mean may the... Oh, may the intermolecular forces be with you. I <laughs> was the gig Return of the Jedi. <laughs> different Star Wars, different Star yeah. Wars reference. <laughs> return of the intermolecular forces. Well, now it's a return of them. Yeah. Uh, what so if we made one for each movie? It's like <laughs> a new 
Intermolecular force. <laughs> a new application of intermolecular yeah. force. Yeah. Revenge of the intermolecular forces. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you can't dissolve something that can't interact, you know, with the solvent at all. Right. So I was going to ask. So yeah, there's a limitation, like some things can dissolve in water, some things cannot. Maybe some things that right. can't dissolve in water could dissolve in something else. Right. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Like oil can't dissolve in water, but oil could dissolve in a different type of oil. Right. Right. Okay. Or like ethanol alcohol that dissolves in water but i bet it doesn't dissolve in oil i'm guessing i've never tried or like it. carbonating stuff you probably couldn't just carbonate anything correct hmm. probably not I mean, you have a carbonation machine. We could try it. <laughs> well, I'm thinking. Let's see if we can carbonate some vegetable oil. I think carbon dioxide is linear and nonpolar. I think. Hmm. Pause it. Little intermission. <laughs> <laughs> Let me make sure that's right. Sorry to throw a weird question in the amount of maybe helpful. Yeah, but. that's okay. I mean, I think uh, dissolving gases are a little different also because if you put it under a lot of pressure, I think it'll be forced in. Right. This, I'm thinking of solid particles in liquid. Okay, okay, okay. And the same thing is true like in dissolving gases. Yeah, maybe just put dissolving gases out of your mind because gases dissolve better in things that are cold anyway. So right. gases act kind of different than yeah. solids and other liquids. Yeah, they don't play by our rules, you yeah, know? Yeah, gases are wild. So, do, yeah. so just disregard that question that Jam asked. Even though it's a good one. I think gases play by different rules. So yeah, let's focus on. It was just not like a too good of a question. It was just too yeah. good. Sorry. <laughs> if you want to learn about gases, you can. We also did the, an episode on Diet Coke and Mentos, and we talk about how the water, like how the carbon dioxide molecules are all distributed out in there. And we did one about does why does carb, carbonated water have a taste? Too? Yeah, that one was good. Mm -hmm. That's making me want carbonated water. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anyway, so. Yeah, the, the intermolecular forces, it was, it's what interacts with the water molecules with the thing it's dissolving around or whatever the solvent is with the thing it's dissolving around. But also they'll interact with each other. You know, yeah. water will interact with each other. So the water will be surrounding it and have something in the middle. Yep. And they're all able to sort of interact with each other. And so it basically, you know, breaks people up, sort of like your molecules up. It's kind of like when you're in, on cop shows and they're going to investigate somebody, you know, on like yeah. CSI. And you're like we got to separate the witnesses out or, you know, we got to separate the suspects out. So the water just separates out all the individual molecules. So it's not a large enough thing for us to see anymore. And that's why it appears to disappear. Got it. Okay. Yes. Got it. And that is how things get dissolved. Wow. Now let's talk about the heat and the stirring. Unless okay. do you have any questions on that? I, so they want to get the one molecule by itself mm -hmm. and the, the, Intermolecular forces are what make that happen. Mm -hmm. But I guess, I guess we could keep going. I'm like, I guess, I guess that works pretty well too, because normally there is a limit to how much you can dissolve into something. Yes. So that is another factor there, right? But I was thinking yeah. for a second, I was like, but would that would only work if there's more of the other thing. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. 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 There is, um, what you're hitting on is like the solubility. So if something's able to dissolve and then there is like a saturation level. So uh -huh. the solubility is, is this thing able to dissolve in this other thing anyway? And then at what point is it saturated? Has all of the salt that you can possibly put in this water, all the sugar you can possibly put in this water, there's a maximum point. Yeah. And when you've reached that, there's saturation. Okay. 
But what we're going to talk about next is how heat impacts that. Okay. Okay. So that's how things dissolve and the mechanism by which they are sort of held in place or they keep the molecules of the thing dissolved in there. It's called the solute. Solute is dissolved in solvent. Okay. My high school chemistry teacher wrote solvent on the board with a big V shout out Miss Mullis, um, a big V for the solvent. Mm -hmm. And then she wrote solute inside the V. So it's like the solute is going into the solvent. Got it. Like it was a big, um, cliff or whatever Canyon. (laughs) So the solute goes in a solvent. So when all of the solute molecules are separated out by the solvent, it's sort of held in place or the interactions happen by intermolecular forces, right? But the, the interactions with the molecules have to happen somehow. And we've talked about this in baking powder and baking soda. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have a medium for things to move around in reactions or interactions between molecules happen a lot more slowly. Right. But in this case, all the molecules in water are always moving around, whether or not you see it, they have a level of energy to be able to move around. Mm -hmm. And so they are moving around. And then if you put the sugar molecules in there, they're also moving, but much less, right? Mm -hmm, Because mm -hmm. they are solid. So if you have something that's hot, it will put energy in that allows them to move around more. You know, if you heat up water, you're adding more energy and letting those molecules move and move and move and move around even more. And then they have more opportunities to interact with the sugar and for the water to start surrounding the sugar molecules. And that's why the more heat you put in, the hotter something is, the more energy it is, the more molecules can move around, the more opportunities they have for the sugar molecules to be separated out by the water molecules. Got it. Okay. Or whatever your solute and solvent are. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And then stirring does the same thing. As you're stirring, you're putting energy in and you're also breaking things up and creating more opportunities for interactions to happen between these molecules. Got it. Okay. And that's it. So water is both the molecule that's trying to surround it and the medium by which mm-hmm. it can interact. Because it's liquid. Because it's liquid. Got it. And the heat is the energy that allows them to move around more and more. I mean, even at room temperature, they already have a level of heat in there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but if you make it cold, you're taking away energy from those molecules. So if you're making it cold, you take away energy from the molecules, then they're going to be able to interact with other sugar less and less and less. And Mm -hmm. so there's going to be a point at which it's not going to be able to take that sugar in. Right. But as you heat it up, you're putting more and more and more energy in and it'll get to a point where it can take in more sugar. Right. Right. Okay. So that saturation point is different at different periods of heat. Okay. Got it. Makes sense. Yes. I think it does. Do you want to take a stab at explaining back to me why we stir things, why we heat things up, why things dissolve easier in that? Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to branch off of your people, um, orange shirts, uh, purple shirts analogy. Okay. So who was, who was in who, by the way, was it the orange shirts being dissolved into the purple? Yeah. Purple shirts. Okay. So, so the purple shirt folks are, are saying to the orange shirt folks are like, to you who wear orange shirts, we salute you. Mm-hmm. Basically. We saw you. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 
uh, yeah, do you who wear orange roots? That that helps you remember. I'm we still gonna, sell you to you. I, just what, I wanted to find a way to say that. Um, How long have you been thinking about that? Yeah, ever since you said the, <laughs> the in the salute. Um, you looked like a little, you had a small <laughs> look of consternation, but it was like, no, I thought you were not sure, but now I know you were thinking about when can I put this joke in here? Yeah, it doesn't quite work because salute is not a verb, right? So it's the, the noun. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. Okay. Um. So we've got the purple shirts and the orange shirts. Mm-hmm. Purple shirts, water, or water. whatever. Solute. Yeah. Uh, solvent. Solvent. Yeah. Sugar, orange shirts. Mm-hmm. What's going to be dissolved with a solute, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have those groups of people and you add a lot of orange shirts, orange shirted people to the group of purple shirt people, mm-hmm. but it's colder, mm-hmm. the purple shirt people, it, those molecules would be like closer together. They can interact with the orange shirt people, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a little slower. It's going to be kind of limited. It's almost like if you had a densely packed room and people were not being very social. In fact, they're almost were maybe say even huddled together a little bit because it's kind of cold or something. Mm-hmm. You add a bunch more people, it just might not quickly flow and interact and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, you know, just everyone's just kind of talking and staying right where they're at. Like maybe all the purple people already know each other. All the orange shirt people already know each other. Right. And you're trying to put them together and it's like a no-go. Yeah. It's like, it, there may be a little bit of natural stuff just on the edge where the, where the seam is, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But the people, the orange shirt people who are further away, there's no way for them to interact with the purple shirt people. Mm-hmm. Really. They're kind of just insulated in. And so it'd be like that kind of a social dynamic where that's just not happening. And then say adding heat is like doing something like, okay, everyone change seats, something like that. Mm. It just like forces something like that. Yeah. And so then a lot of, a lot more of the, or, or say even you give some sort of motivation like, okay, you know, and in this case, of course, there's more purples than oranges, right? So like, it's like those bingo cards where you had to get to know people. Yes. Yes. Or like, I think I've used this, used this as an example before, but. I was in student council back in high school and we'd have these larger like sort of district student council get togethers for mm-hmm. the various leaders of the student council. They always had various icebreakery things to force people to get to interact with people from the other schools. Yep. It'd be almost like that, like in- introducing that, but it'd be more like, all right, purples, you've got to get to know some oranges or something yep. like that. It's something motivates them. And maybe you, you know, you give some sort of reward or something like that. But as soon as you introduce that as an idea, as a motivation, Purples start looking for oranges mm-hmm. and moving around and it just gets easier. The, the flow of the room happens. It starts happening more and more. And then say you also um, say something like, that would say that's just heat. Okay. And then maybe you add some other motivation on top of that. Mm-hmm. That's the stirring. That would mm-hmm. be like, okay, you need to talk to as many oranges as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. I think it's really people moving around like crazy. Yeah. But if there's fewer oranges than there are purples in the first place, mm-hmm. that's going to mean, you know, five or six purples to every one orange, mm-hmm. something like that. And so this surrounding of the oranges by purples is going to start happening. Yeah. Because there are only so many oranges. Mm-hmm. And all the purples, you've created a motivation for them. But in the case of the the actual molecules, not not the shirted folks, we've got the fact that there's intermolecular forces at play. Mm-hmm. They want to surround these oranges. I mean, they're happy to interact with them. I don't know happy if it's like, to. they're like, 
interact with water, interact with sugar. Uh, they might have a similar strength, but it's like if they come near them, they're going to interact. They're and like, oh, you're here. We're interacting. Yes. And we and they it is a liquid, so they can. Right. Mm-hmm. But as long as we have put some energy in both and heat or by stirring, that is very possible. And they're very happy to. Yeah. But we have encouraged it by yeah. doing the, those things. And then they surround them. And then the sugar molecules are are individualized. They're broken out of their, their granule, so to speak. Yeah. And then they're surrounded by multiple molecules of yeah. the liquid and dispersed throughout the liquid, ideally. Yeah. Pretty evenly. So when we take a sip, it tastes like every sip has an equal amount. Mm-hmm. Instead of getting to the bottom of your drink and being like, whoa, that's sweet at the bottom and it's all concentrated in one place or yeah. worse, ooh, that's grainy and yeah. disgusting and and yeah. And then the rest of your drink's not sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Did I miss something? No, that was great. It kind of reminded me of when I was, I used to be a camp counselor and I was at a church camp uh-huh. In some weeks you would have a whole church come together and like mm-hmm. that whole church was in one cabin and then there would be like two or three new people that weren't part of that church that just came separately on the same week. Yeah. And, and usually the, the people who all knew each other would integrate those people in and they'd be like, Oh, you're here. So we might as well interact with you. And then by the end, you couldn't really tell who was with the church and who wasn't, who right. was new. Yeah. And so it kind of reminds me of that where it's like, Oh, you're here. So we might as well interact with you. It's not like they were going to look for them or specifically yeah. or whatever, but if they're there that you can't, and then they're sort of indistinguishable, you know? Right. It's like, well, we're all on this glass of liquid together. We're yeah. on this one on. Why not interact? Why not interact? Yeah. 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 Unless they're, they're really different, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then the intermolecular forces won't allow them to. Yeah. But kind of also when I was thinking about it, I was like, if you have one molecule of something, that one molecule is not really, cause you said, oh, cause you know, the water's liquid. Mm-hmm. I was like, is the other thing liquid still or not or solid still uh, or not? And I was like, well, if you just have one molecule of something, it wouldn't be considered a solid or liquid or a gas because the solid and liquid and gas, I think. Describes the. How they interact with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I think. I like, I like that idea as a sort of interesting, surprising Mm -hmm. answer. It's like, is one molecule of anything solid liquid or gas? A state of matter. I don't think it is. Maybe if anything, you'd say it's gas, but I wouldn't say it's a gas in the, when it's dissolved. Right. Yeah, totally. Weird. So if you could add one molecule of sugar to a glass of something, would you say it's solid or gas? You couldn't, you couldn't say really, right? I, I don't feel confident saying. Wow. It's maybe like a gray area. Maybe other chemists would have thoughts, but I, that my thought is, I don't think you could say. I guess that does kind of remind us though, that all things are, I mean, like we have the neat categories of solid liquid gas. Yeah. But to the molecules, it's probably, it's all molecules. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's like. They're not thinking of themselves in any way. They don't think, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, sometimes I've got like lots of molecules like right next to me, really close. Sometimes I've got like a lot of room, but you know, it's just kind of how it is. Kind of like how kids kind of get shuttled around, you know, mm-hmm. like toddlers. It's like sometimes at school, sometimes at home. I don't know why sometimes things happen and yeah. sometimes they don't. So it's just what life is like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was an interesting thing that occurred to me while you were kind of talking and describing. That is interesting. I like that. I like that a lot. 
Great. Well, that's it. That's our chemistry lesson for today. It's short and sweet and it's food themed for the holiday season. Nice. And we're again, touched on phases of matter, which we've been talking about a little bit lately. So yes, that's kind awesome. of fun. I like it. Well, that was fun. But also, do you have any fun thing from your everyday life that you want to talk about? Hmm. Fun thing from my everyday life that I want to talk about. Hmm. What a good question. Do you have something? I do have something. Okay. You go first. Okay. Well, y'all know we moved into a new house. Oh yeah. And my friends, Abby um, and Steven, and they're also listeners of the show. They have been in a house for a while and mm-hmm. they've been composting for a while and they recently upgraded their compost situation. Interesting. And I inherited their compost. Ah. And it's so great because we cook with vegetables a lot. And like anytime we make ceviche and we have like, you know, leftovers of like the husk of an avocado or this or that. Yeah. I'm always like, man, I wish I had something to compost or like, uh, you know, if there's like a piece of the tomato that's gone bad or whatever, I'm like, man, I wish I could compost. Yeah. Anytime I cut up the apple and leave the core, man, I wish I could compost. Mm -hmm. And I say that all the time. And now... I can. Nice. And we finally got it set up in the backyard at the new house. And I've been using it for about a week now. And I'll have to Google like, can I compost this? Can I compost <laughs> that? And um, I'd been making these pumpkin muffins lately. And I had extra pumpkin puree and I put it in a little Tupperware thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, promptly forgot about it with the craziness of moving. I wasn't able to make more. Yeah. And I found it in the fridge and it had molded. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, this is going to go to waste. And then I was like, wait. Can I compost this? Uh-huh. And I could. Nice. And it was just really exciting. That's awesome. And so, so yeah. Anyone have any composting tips? Let me know. I'm kind of flying blind. I'm just kind of throwing things in there. Paper towels that you only use for food stuff, which that's also nice. Yeah. Because we've, we'd stopped using paper towels completely. Um, but the only time that was challenging was for our cast iron pans, mm-hmm. you know, cause they are, you get oil mm-hmm. and then if you have oil on a rag, it can be kind of hard to get the oil out of it. Yeah. And do you want to mix it with other things you're washing and maybe you're just and then sometimes you get the oil smell on everything. And yeah. that was, that was getting really frustrating for us. And so now we have re-implemented paper towels in our house only to be used on that, on, yeah. on our cast iron. And so we have a compost now and I'm really excited about so you can, it. You can compost paper towels. Yes. Nice. Unless they've been used with like chemicals or something. Right. But right. if it's just something, food. Yeah. 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 You, it seems like you can compost anything that's not chemicals. That's um, not chemicals. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing the thing that I hate. When I say chemicals, I mean like cleaning chemicals or like non, non food products. Right. You know. Right. Yep. And I think I'm sure it probably wouldn't be terrible, but part of it is you don't want to have like an excess of one type of molecule over another. So I'm thinking of like window cleaner, if that's primarily like, Ammonium. I think you're probably going to get some of that anyway in the breakdown. Right. But having too much might mess the balance off. I don't know. Anyway, so you can do paper towels that have mostly only come into contact with food products, but you can't do meat or dairy. Mm-hmm. Um, but like vegetable scraps we've done, brown paper bags I think you can do as long as they're not coated. Um, paper towels. Yeah. Yeah. And we do, while you're re-implementing them, obviously you're composting them, which is great. I... We use bamboo paper towels here because it's like you can grow it and it's not cutting down trees and stuff like that. But what I really wish, like every time we buy some of those again, which that's all we use, but I have like a larger box every couple months or something. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, I wish this was cheaper. Like if more people were just growing bamboo and more of these companies existed and less were doing the the tree, the like tree trees thing, 
it'd be so much cheaper, but like it is like per roll. Yeah. Kind of dumb how expensive it is, but it's yeah. also like there are probably like two or three companies I know of that are doing that right now. So it probably makes sense that it's more expensive. Yeah. Economy of scale kind of thing. But and it's probably also like at one point, is there too much bamboo and it like becomes a problem for the environment the right. other way? Yeah. But the yeah. nice thing is that they can completely cut it like real low and it grows back so much faster. So it's just mm, like, yeah, that is they nice. don't really need like to take up tons of fields of space of bamboo when it regenerates much more quickly. That's true in Minecraft too. Whoa. <laughs> Minecraft is just like everyday life. Um, speaking of trees, can I tell you about the cool thing that. Wait, I just want to do one thing. Oh yeah. I just want to shout out the um, Swedish dish cloths that we use that are an alternative to paper towels. Don't you, doesn't your family use them too? No, ditched them. Oh, really? How come? Because uh, we have bamboo paper towels. Oh, okay. And there are things that we clean up with them that I was like, I don't like, I mean, things like they would soak it up like oil or like yeah. we have kids making messes and stuff. And it, we found that like the washing of them and like doing a, like that whole process of that kind of stuff and how they would change over time mm. and stuff. It like didn't integrate itself into our life very well at all. So interesting. Got rid of them. Well, we love them. They're so well integrated into our lives. And so probably we still keep using that for everything else. Yeah. And it's a cheaper option and it's more environmentally friendly and we'll just use the paper towels for food and composting. Yeah. I would love to have used them. I feel like th- I could see the potential, but it just w- didn't work well yeah. for us. So. Yeah, it probably is harder too. Like if you have pets and stuff, like how many of those messes are so gross that yeah. you're like, I don't want to. Right. But like also we, we have used like cloth, like, you know, rags or hand towels, stuff like that for something. So it's like, it was kind of like, it's a mixture of those two things. It's like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like paper, but kind of like cloth. It's more in the middle. We kind of use either or. Yeah. There's a lot of things we can use cloth for and then just wash them with the towels. Yeah. And stuff, but. Yeah, I don't know. And it's it's kind of interesting how I feel like there's probably a sweet spot for these and maybe we could have really made it work before we had certain things. But yeah, we had pets we were trying to use them with back back then and that yeah. wasn't that was not ideal and stuff like that. But I feel like we mostly use them for like um like chemical sprays, which again I'm doing that thing, but mm-hmm. like y'all know what I mean by household chemicals, like kitchen counter spray, yeah. um like Clorox spray on like the, not Clorox. What is that? Uh, Windex spray uh-huh, on mirrors. Uh-huh. If we're like dusting down, we use it for that. Yeah. Yeah. But then we use washcloths for a lot of other stuff. And then we use, um, I don't know what I was going to say. Paper we, towels. We're starting now to use paper towels yeah. again, just for the cast iron, right. but we use mostly washcloths for like pretty much anything else besides yeah. that. The other thing I remember that was frustrating was, um, we did not ever figure out a good place or way of drying them that worked well. Oh, we just dry ours in the dryer. See, the first time I did that, uh, maybe it's the ones I bought, it, they didn't handle it great. It they was do like, kind of get weird shapes, but we just pile them up in a place where it doesn't matter that they're yeah. weird shaped. Yeah, that probably would help. I, I would like really wanted them to be flat again because it's so much mm, easier to store them. So yeah. I would put them out and they would dry, but it was just like, I needed like a surface to do that. We have a small laundry room and all that stuff. And it was like, ended up being like, all these just cloth, all these Swedish cloths are here drying slowly. Yeah. And I can't fold something there now, you know, it just yeah. ended up being like, and then we would often reach for something cloth or something. Paper you know how you have, instead. I don't know if you're this way, but I have different textures of cloths that I like for different things. Mm-mm. It's like, 
some things are really good at absorbing. So that's the kind of towel I want to dry my hand. Uh-huh. And some things are really good for scrubbing. So if there's like a stain, I'm like going to get that one. Like if there's something yeah. stuck on the counter. Yeah. I feel like it just adds to the variety of textures of cloths. So we treat them exactly like our other washcloths. Got it. Yeah. So they're just like a different vibe. They do other, they do some things better than others. Yeah. I think the fact that they get, they get harder again when they dry, maybe be like, I really want these to be, be flat. flat. Yeah. Interesting. But. Okay. Well, that was a big old tangent away from our happy thing for this week. Yes. My happy thing still is on this topic though. Okay. So perfect. We got a tree. Okay. I saw something that looked like a tree in your backyard and was like, is that a tree? Yeah. It looks exactly like a tree, <laughs> but it's weird. Cause it's in the middle of a concrete patch and I could only see the top of it. Yep. Yep. So, so did you bury it in the concrete? <laughs> no, no, it's not, but it's not planted yet. But, um, we got a, so our city does this thing. It's just a organization called keep Denton beautiful. Mm. And, um, every year they do a tree giveaway, which is pretty awesome. That is awesome. And I didn't so know that. All you gotta do is be someone who lives in Denton. That's wow. it. And you have to be able to prove it. So like have it driver's driver's license or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they, you register online. They have a, they have a set number of trees and a set number of species of tree each mm-hmm. year. And I don't know if it changes or not, but I had put it on my calendar this year cause I had missed this several years in the past and the like registration for it went live, um, on a Tuesday morning a few weeks ago and I was, in the, I had a meeting booked that time. So I could not actually like go log in exactly at the time. That's so sad. But I got done with the meeting, went and logged in and the, the, there were two trees I was kind of stuck between what I wanted to reserve. Mm-hmm. Both of those were booked all the way out. Like it was oh. like reserved all of them. Mm-hmm. So I, but there was an option for reserving or registering for the wait list. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'll just do that and see what happens. And yeah. so my son and I went and, um, they said like, so I got an email I was like, okay, if you're on the wait list, you need to show up at this time. Mm-hmm. No sooner because we need like a clear like gap between people who registered for trees and actually have the have one reserved for them. Mm-hmm. And then a gap of time and then wait list folks. So on Saturday we went and, and um, went over to the, the area where they do this and waited in line and got up there and they were like, yeah, we actually have still have some of all of our trees. People register for them, but I guess lots of people forget or they do it just in case. And then maybe for don't want to actually do it or follow through. Yeah. Or I don't know, I guess I'm surprised that that's the case. Or maybe they always have a few extra who knows, but we really wanted to get a Schumard. I think it's how it's pronounced or maybe Schumar Oak, which is the, mm-hmm. the tallest tree option they had. Cause I'm all about like, I want to plant a tree and also I want it to just like some person who owns our house someday in the future to be like, look and this tree be like massive mm-hmm. and it just be like, man, how old is this tree? Whatever. Yeah. But like they had a lot of options and some people may want a smaller, slightly more decorative tree or whatever. But I was like, no, no, I want a big tree nice that's going to last a long time. Uh-huh. I'm going to look up what it looks like. And so they get to be like, they can be like a hundred feet tall, I think something like that, which is crazy. That so is crazy. They had 10 of them left when I got there. And so we got to get one. Oh my God. So it's, it's been raining today and yesterday, but my, we're going to, my son and I are going to plant it. Uh, dig a hole and figure out where, to, where we want it and plant it and do all the stuff. Um, so I've just been taking care of it in the meantime and in, in the pot it's in, but I'm trying to get it, get into some good old soil. Are you so, thinking front yard or backyard? Backyard. Nice. We lost, since we lived here, we've, we've lost two, three trees back there. That That's so sad. Died for different reasons. Um, one of them I think was already dead when we moved in, but so I really wanted to put one back there because I'm like, okay, at this rate that we're lo- losing some trees, I want to replace some. 
and maybe I'll try to get one every year. Who knows? Yeah. So anyway, pretty dang cool. Yeah. Pretty, pretty. I was trying to do a pretty tree joke, but I couldn't <laughs> quite get there. Yeah. <laughs> pretty dang cool. Yeah. I, I love it. It was good. That's very exciting. So, um, and I've had this, I've had this feeling for a while of like the trees, especially trees that live a long time. And when they die, it feels like, oh man, this tree had been here for yeah. so long. Yeah. And like, I think one of the trees that had died when we first moved in, like, I'm sure it was either here or very small when this house was built in the sixties. Yeah. yeah. And there's just this feeling of like, ah, oh, what a loss. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, I want to plant one that's going to be here a long time. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It's like that cycle of like these old trees that die. It's like, we got to be planting trees on a regular basis like that. If we were trying to, yeah, you know, not just have no trees someday. So anyway, well, that's exciting. Yeah. Way to go Denton for caring about keeping Denton beautiful, keeping Denton beautiful and, and keeping I, nice things in nature. Yeah. And I thought it'd be cool for my son to be like, Oh, I remember we planted that tree when I was little, you know? Yeah. Or if we, even if he doesn't remember, I could tell him like you and I did that. Yeah. And if we're here a long time and it gets at least somewhat sizable. Or like a picture of, of, of them with the tree when they're little and yeah. it's little and then they're big and it's big. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Um, well, I, if you have any composting tips, if you have any tree growing tips, or if you have any Swedish dish class ch- 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 tips, <laughs> we'd love to hear them. So yes, please. Please reach out on Instagram and share your happy things with us because we love it. Yes. Yes, we do. Absolutely. And thanks for telling me about that tree program. Probably one day when I have a house, I'll sign up and get one. So that's exciting. Do it. And thanks for learning about how sugar and other things dissolve and why we stir stuff when we're trying to dissolve it. And thank you for teaching us. And if you have a question or idea for a topic of chemistry in everyday life that you'd like to share with us, please do that. Just like Neil. Just like Neil. We love y'all's ideas. And some of the best episodes we have have come from you guys. So uh, reach out to us on our website at chemforyourlife.com. That's chemforyourlife.com to share your thoughts and ideas. If you'd like to help us keep our show going and contribute to cover the cost of making it, you can go to patreon.com slash chemforyourlife to join our super cool chem community of patrons. If you're not able to do that, you can still help us by subscribing on your favorite podcast app, rating and writing a review on Apple Podcasts, or subscribing on our YouTube channel because that also helps us share chemistry with even more people. That's right. This episode was made possible by our financial supporters over on page. Oh, nope. I missed it. This episode of Chemistry for Your Life was made by Melissa Collini and Jam Robinson. Jam Robinson is our producer. And this episode was made possible by our financial supporters over on Patreon. It means so much to us that you want to help make chemistry accessible to even more people. And those supporters on Patreon are Avishai B, Bree M, Brian K, Chris and Claire S, Chelsea B, Derek L, Emerson W, Hunter R, Jacob T, Christina G, Katrina H, Latila S, Lynn S, Melissa P, Nicole C, Rachel R, Stephen B, Shadow, Suzanne P, Timothy P, and Venus R. Thank you all again for everything you do to make chemistry for your life happen. And an extra special thanks to Bree, who often creates illustrations to go along with episodes of Chemistry for Your Life. You can see those over on the YouTube channel and You can thank Brie by following and supporting her and her websites and Twitter are listed in our show notes. And if you'd like to learn more about today's chemistry lesson, you can check out the resources in our show notes or in the description of the video on YouTube. Yay, chemistry. Yay, chemistry. (laughs) 